Eight big good morning. Wonderful to have you folks here today, whether you're joining us live here in person or whether you're joining us online, whether you're joining us live or archived, it is wonderful to have you here at New Church Live. And today we have a very special guest who is part of our studio audience, and she is someone who has traveled out here from Colorado. She gave me a call. She's been involved in a lot of online New Church Live stuff, and she said, Chuck, I'm in town. Can I come and visit? I said, yes, and you can even be on stage. So please warmly welcome Marcia as she gives a quick hello here to everyone. Good morning, New Church Life. Hello, world. Now we are talking to the world yeah. here. This is amazing. I just want to uh, spend one minute thanking you, Chuck, for everything you've been doing. I found New Church Life back in 2020. Who remembers what was happening? <laughs> that was very helpful to find New Church Life and your daily inspiration and our Sunday service. In addition to the great experience of being a member of our Colorado church with Pastor David Roth, who also does an amazing job. So it's great to see everybody here in person. I would invite and encourage the world community to come here and meet everybody in person, because guess what? Everybody looks much, much better in person, <laughs> even better. And they're amazing people. So I'm so happy to be here, and thank you for the invitation. Great, great. Thank you. Thank great you. To have you Yeah, so it's, it's, it's fun, folks, you know, having this congregation. It really is spread throughout, including people overseas watching as we speak. And, and it's, it's a different time. And, and it's one where, again, like I've had to shift my lens around gratitude because it's a different world than what I grew up in. But it certainly is a world with a lot of beauty to it. And today what we're looking at is, is this idea of failing forward. It's interesting when we look at life, we can get this deep orientation around success, that it's all about success, it's all about moving towards success, five steps to being successful. Are we successful all the time, though? Does life really fill with one success after another? I mean, maybe for a treasured few people, but it certainly doesn't always work that way. And so how is it that we can look at failing forward knowing that failing is part of, a part of life, right? That's, it's going to happen. But can we do it where we hold failing and forward in the same phrase? And that idea that, that failing forward, what does that mean? Well, well, that means gratitude. That means, okay, I know I'm going to fail. How in a, in a sort of a revised sense of gratitude that's not based on success, how can I learn to fail, quote unquote, in a way that might start to move life forward? Now, I want to say none of this is easy. It's not programmatic. It's not something that's, that's, uh, that's super simple. It's, it's a challenge. It's, it's, um, it's, it's a growth edge. It's, it's all those things. But it's a way in which the story gets good. I, I see this a lot. I remind couples of this when I do weddings. No story is good until there's a problem. No story of life is good until there's a failure. Isn't that interesting? And how do we deal with those? That's what we're talking about today. Deal with those in the, in the spirit, in the spirit of, of, of church, in the spirit of gratitude, where it's not gratitude that's a bunch of simple platitudes, but it's gratitude that really embeds us in meaning. I love the small groups that we do here at New Church Live. And it was interesting as we were having a conversation last week. We have a couple of them going right now. And just hearing people talk about gratitude and how gratitude is a lifestyle. 
It literally is a way we can embed ourselves in life, like, and I mean that really simply and really profoundly, where we can embed ourselves in life. In the biggest sense of that word. And you think about the ways that that might be able to, to change things. The way we're going to look at that, folks, is, is we're going to take a look at, at uh, a real painful story in the Bible. It's a story of a, of a slave woman by the name of Hagar. An Old Testament story, thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. And, and we'll see sort of wrestling with her story. I, I know for most of us, when we hit hard times, number one priority when we hit hard times, make the pain stop. Make the pain stop. And then we see as well kind of this, this fixation of somehow wanting to be spared that pain. But I don't know any of us who gets through without it. It seems that that's just part of life. And how can we hold it differently? So the story here with Hagar. So Abraham and Sarai, there's this, this ancient couple written of thousands and thousands of years ago, Abraham and Sarai. They couldn't have children, so what happens is Sarai sort of appoints this, this, this slave, the slave, uh, slave woman, Hagar, to sort of be a mistress of sorts, to bear a child, which she does. And needless to say, that did not, <laughs> that, did, that created a very strained household dynamic. A very strained household dynamic. And that's where we get to this beautiful line, which I just love. I just love this line. This is from Genesis 16, verse 13. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You, you are the God who sees me. You are the God who sees me. There's such incredible power in that line. It was interesting. Somebody was saying, you know, in a way... Seeing, being seen, truly seen by somebody may be one of the pr most profound forms of love we ever experience. It's easy to simply say, I love you. But folks, what a miracle. Right? What a miracle. What a miracle when we're around someone. I'm chills even saying this. What a miracle when we're around somebody who we feel truly sees us. And here's Hagar in the midst of all this despair, in the midst of of all these challenges in this household that gives dysfunction a, way, a brand new name. And she's praising God, and she's saying, this is the God who sees me. After our first song here, we're going to come back, and we're going to look at that shift from blinders on to blinders off, and how that seeing, that seeing can grow through our lives, all embedded with this spirit of gratitude. The New Church Live. Good morning, everybody. The world is changing in front of my eyes What a beautiful thing to witness What is this? Consistently I'm captured in your reverie Look outside 
song like that, can't you just picture yourself in a jazz bar with a martini in hand? You know, beautiful, beautiful song and, uh, and a beautiful thought, like that idea of, of seeing and, and sort of blinders on, blinders off. Like how do, we, how do we shift that? How do we shift that view in ways, in ways that we can start to see, you know? So, so we're going to start here with the story. We're going to start with sort of the hard part of the story. So here's, here's Hagar, and it's this time of despair. 
And, and I think, folks, again, a time of despair, like notice how closely connected that word is to desperation. And I think we've all been in that place. Real despair, real desperation. And it's not the place, and this is just a little aside I'm going to come back to in a number of ways, it's never a good place to make a decision from. Because oftentimes when we're in despair, the main thing we want is just, Lord, Lord, just make the pain stop. And you're such intelligent people, like, that can go sideways a million different ways if we really, if we really take that question too far. So this story is one of a movement away from despair. And the story reaches its crisis point. What happens is a, is a simple piece where, where the family dynamic has gotten so bad, Hagar has had a child, and, and she gets told by Sarah, Sarai at this time, that's how she was called in this part of the story, and she got told, you got to leave. You know, she gets thrown out of the house. And you can imagine the despair of that moment, like everything about, everything about any little shred of security, any little shred of knowingness, any little shred of protection is gone. And she's out there with her son in the desert. And that's where we pick up the story here. This is from Genesis 21. When the water in the skin was gone, in other words, they, they, they had what would amount to a canteen, but it was, it was an animal skin. When the water in the canteen was gone, she put her son under one of the bushes. Then she went off about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch my child die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. And that, that's that, that deep, deep, deep moment of, of incredibly deep despair. And I, I would imagine most people hit that in their life. And I don't want to say all because maybe some people don't, but most people do. Now, obviously, rarely in those exact circumstances, but most of us hit that, that point of real despair and real desperation. And, and what does that create? Well, well I, I want to say this really strongly, and it's coming back to what I had said before. It doesn't create answers. Despair is not a great way to come up with the answers for your life. It does create, and this is where, in a, in a negative way, and then we'll look at the positive part of it, in a negative sense, what it often creates are blinders, are blinders. Now let's take a look at that. Take a look at what that means for you. So what I want you to do, just hold your two hands up. All right, hold your two hands up. And, and think for yourself, when you're in a time that feels really dire and desperate, and just even for a second, feel that in your body, what do you, what do you choose from? I choose most of the time from a lot of fear and a whole ton of anxiety. What's it for you? What are those two hands for you? And then I want you to think of them like this. Those two things, for me, fear and anxiety. Not sure what it is for you, but whatever it is, think, all right, fear and anxiety. And what happens is tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. And that, for me, my reaction is then just to run around like a chicken with my head cut off, ugh, panicked. 
That's what despair can do in our lives. Despair can give us these, these blinders. And, and, and then we get into, at least for me, we get into this desperate need to try to control things or this, or this desperate need to try to understand everything. And that doesn't always work so well either. I love these words from Ann Voskamp. So Ann Voskamp had, had lost a family member and this became sort of a legacy trauma in her family. And she talked about it, and, and she, was, she was saying in her book, A Thousand Gifts, you know, that, that what this created was a really, really hard part in her family. Again, a tunnel vision. Because, because what happens, folks, if this makes sense, and we'll get to Anne's words here in a minute. The, the, the tunnel vision, it, first it starts out like this, right? Fear and anxiety, fear and anxiety, that's how I see. Then, I think, maybe... Fear and anxiety, if I live in that despair for a long time and I don't move towards something else, it becomes who I am. So it's not just what blinds me, it becomes what binds me. Fear and anxiety wrapping ropes around me. Fear and anxiety, whatever it is for you, think of the same thing. So we're not just blinded tunnel vision, but we're also bound. And I think that's echoed in Ann Voskamp's words here, beautiful words. My family, my dad, my mama, my brother and younger sister, for years we all silently asked these questions. For years we came up empty. And over the years we filled again with estrangement. We live with our hands clenched tight. What God gave us on a day in November slashed deep. Who risks again? I think that's what she's saying, is, is they found themselves totally bound by this. And we have to be able to break out of that, because we have to be able to risk again. I mean, isn't that crazy? I just, I mean, so much of life, when security goes, when knowns go, when the understanding of the way life could have, should have, would have worked, when all that goes, we're going to have to learn to risk again. And that's where we can turn here. That's where we can turn into looking about what might shift, that one might actually call a gift of despair, acronym for God, some of you have probably heard that, <laughs> you know, a gift of despair, where we start to see the blinders for what they are and start to remember that they are no thing, fear, false evidence appearing real. It's interesting, right? You know, you know, many, many, many theologians over many years have talked about the shadow or the shadow self. Well, well, shadow's not a thing. A shadow is simply the absence of something. It's where the light isn't doing its thing. There's beauty in sitting in that place and starting to see that the more positive sides of despair... Now let's do the same thing again. Shake your hands up. All right. Here you got your hands, right? And, and I don't know exactly what the answer is for you. I'll tell you what I was just thinking about sharing with you as, as just an idea. Imagine instead of like fear, anxiety, we looked at humility and tenderness. Humility and tenderness. A little caveat super leery of lists to get out of despair. Five ways to move past despair. I would not read that article. 
It's not that, I don't think it's that simple. I don't believe it's that simple. But I think there's a way when we can start to sort of open our eyes a little bit and maybe just have humility. Lord, I don't really understand this. I know I just want out of the pain. I know I really want to somehow come to terms with all this. I can't. That's humility. And then the other part there, the simple tenderness. Just, just I'm going to approach life tenderly because it is tender at that moment. Deep tenderness. I think what can happen there, folks, is I, I, think, I think our answers do start to, uh, you know, I think, I think our answers do start to come but they start to come because all of a sudden the blinders get blown off. And the blinders don't get blown off with sort of this super heroic stuff. I think blinders can be blown off real simply by humility and tenderness. Certainly the way Jesus did it. We see that again and again in how he approached things with humility and great tenderness. And so what happens, folks, and now we're into a fun part of the story where things start to change. We see a shift. Here's from Genesis 21. The angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? And you know, anytime you see a question like that, it's, it's self-answering, right? Do not be afraid. Should not be shocked to see that. Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies here. Lift the boy up, take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, so she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy to drink. So that peace, folks, that simple peace, open your eyes, see the well. Open your eyes, see the well. That's where we can just start to see. We, we start to open it a bit, and we can start to see the well. We can start to see this wellspring that's there. See, here's the crazy part, right? It was always there. But if I'm always shackled in with fear and anxiety or bound with fear and anxiety, I'll never see it. And that's the gift God gives. It's maybe just a moment where we can just see again. We can just start to see again. And this isn't about God saving us from the journey, but God giving us strength in the journey. It's not, it's not saying like, all right, story's over, you're all good. It's God saying, there's a well here. There's water here. Let me show you. Let me help you to find it. Remember, this is the God who sees you. And sees you. And sees you. And sees you. He knows of that despair. He knows of those challenges. He knows of all that. And God isn't around to kind of, you know, somehow magically, like, make it all disappear. That's, that's not the way life apparently works. God is there in this very tender, humble way to walk with us through it. And that's, I think, where we find faith in very new and very beautiful ways. So how might we imagine this well? Like, if you think of this well, so this, so this well sitting over here. Here's this wellspring of knowledge, Right? And, and there's part of it where we can go, and this is from a Christian New Church perspective, there's part of that well where we can go back to these things we know, truths in the Lord's word, truths through our own experience of revelation, where our life has taught us certain things. 
We can go back to that again and again and again. Like, just go back to that. This is like Bible 101. But again, this, this is something I didn't know before I, I took this job at New Church Lot. I didn't know it. And many of you have heard, heard me say this umpteen skazillion times. So this is skazillion times plus one. Just coming to that simple knowledge where God says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Let that sink in. Don't be afraid. Number one command in the Bible all the time. So coming back to that knowledge, and, and I, however you might access that, I, might be podcasts, might be reading, might be conversation with people, might be a small group, whatever that is, come back to that well, to that knowledge. It's really important. And then here's, here's an amazing part, friends, right? So we step over here into the knowledge. And for some of us, that's doctrine. For some of us, it's, it's conversation, whatever it might be, or a good podcast. We step back into that knowledge. And then the most important knowledge you're going to get is going to point you right away from knowledge. And it's going to say, okay, what are you going to do with it now? How are you going to take that knowledge and start to stretch beyond yourself? Because remember, folks, this is about risking again. This is about learning to risk again. It's not sort of like I go over there, I find the answer, then I'm all good. I can just sit there and stare at the well forever. It's not that. It's water that we put into a canteen because it becomes transportable. And ready for this, folks? We start moving through life again with that water in hand. We start moving through life again with that water in hand. And inevitably, friends, what we find is we start to find other people, those we love. We go back to what we know. It directs us to look at the miracle of those we love. And it is a miracle. It is an absolute miracle to watch. We get to see that, folks, you know, all in all, you know, time and time again. It was wonderful to have Marcia here and to have her offer uh, an introduction. Last night we went out with some, what, some small group people who've been in a small group, again, people from all over the country. And, uh, you know, just, just having that experience and going out to dinner and just watching people share, like, that's where it's all pointed towards. And, you know, I, I just... I have those moments, you have those moments, we have those moments. That's communion. That's Holy Supper. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's the moment. That's where we're going. Despair has a hard time getting us there. But when we open up, with the humility and a tenderness, we'll start to find those places. We'll start to find those wells. Those wells are probably already in your life. If you're thinking, no, I don't got them. They probably are already there. Just be prayerful to see them. Be prayerful to open your eyes so you can picture them. And what we start to get there, friends, is this idea. Community is our connection to remembering God is with us. God is with us.
So, so what does that look like? What does that look like? Marcus, by the way, I'm gonna come off the stage to right here, so just so the camera guys know. So what does that look like? Well, I wanna talk about my afternoon that's all about this guy. So that guy in the middle, that is Bert Zabatinsky. So Bert, not too long ago, a couple years ago, I, I had done the wedding for his daughter Janine, and then, then I get a call from Bert. Bert is larger than life. He's about the size of Big Bird, and, and he's got a voice like Tony Soprano. Literally. He's a North Jersey business guy, Jewish business guy. And I get this, I get this, I get this call from Bert, no joke, two years ago. Chuck, this is Bert. I got cancer. I got a question for you. How do I die well? Like, there's a question. But that's Bert. So Bert and I have been working together on that for a couple of years. And this afternoon, I'm going down and doing Bert's funeral in Atlantic City. Bert spoke from right here, from right in this place. He talked about the loss of his son. His son struggled with addiction. And we held together that little thread, that thread of life, that thread of connection, that thread of community. Because, friends, that's so much the answer. That's so much where we want to go. That's so much what we want to understand in this spiritual sense. That there is despair, right? There is despair, there is desperation, and there is also this. There's also God and there's also us. And how do we bring those together? That was the miracle of getting to know Bert. So after this song, when we come back, I want to wrap that together and lead us, leave us with this, this idea of how do we, how do we even in times that are, that are really challenging... Find that joy, find those answers, find those things that can help to take the blinders off, unbind us, free us, and help us to do this, to risk again. Learning. 
afraid of storms for I am learning how to sail my ship I'm learning how to sail my ship I'm learning Learning how to sail my ship Church Live, it's Angela. I just want to invite you all to make a donation to New Church Live today. We have a very generous donor who's offering to match any donations up to $10,000 if they're made before the end of the calendar year. So if you're looking for an opportunity to increase your donation, this is a really amazing opportunity. If you want to make a donation, you can go to our website or you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977. We hope you'll consider making a donation and we hope you'll take advantage of this really amazing opportunity. So thank you, everyone. Thank you, Angela. So friends, like the, the, the beauty of, of holding all this and, and being able to talk with, with re, in a real, real way about what some of these challenges are in life, I think that's what churches, churches really thrive when we have real conversations. Real conversations around some of the hard parts as well as some of the, the blessed parts of life. It's, it's important to remember, folks, that, that with these blinders, right, we can fall in love with them. You know, despair can create these blinders. It's really easy. It's really easy to fall in love with fear and anxiety. In its own strange way, they can be comforting because we can know them so well. And we can live lives where we never risk again. And we can make a different choice. We can choose that risk, knowing that God's with us, knowing that there'll be these little bits of water out there that will help us to take the next step and then, and then maybe despair starts to look a little differently because, I, you know, I, I still struggle with this. I still struggle with this. In my mind, I constantly go through, okay, God, I got through that desperate moment. Thank goodness I'm done with those for the rest of my life. Hallelujah. How many of us have had that happen? <laughs> like, no one. That's not how it works, right? You know, yeah, yeah, you may be in the midst of that right now as we speak, and there will be more to come. In the same way that I can promise, there'll be more water, more blessings as well. And that's where despair, maybe we can start to see it, folks, as something that does this, that gives rise to an invitation. And maybe so much of that well is shaped by gratitude. So much of that well is shaped by gratitude. A simple one. I had a, I had a friend call. And, uh, and she said, you know, in this time of, of real despair, what, what, what got her through it was, was simply taking a breath, and this is a beautiful prayer, and just, just asking, of, asking of sort of, of God and herself both at the same time, like, am I okay right now? 
And guess what the answer always was? <laughs> yes. I am okay right now. And I feel those are the pieces that, that start to give us this, this sense, just this, this sort of this aroma of gratitude. And it doesn't mean that we're grateful for the thing that creates despair in our life. Like maybe there's a few people who are at stage 10 who can do that. I cannot. But I think we can all work at getting the blinders off. I think we can all work at loosening the, the binding. I think we can all work at simple thoughtfulness, simple humility. We can all work at that. We can all go to the well, get the knowledge we need, and then we can take it out there into the world and work at connecting with other people as best we can when everything in our bodies might be saying, shut down. I think we can do all those things. And that's where we understand it as an invitation, not answers. So two things I want to close on here very briefly. I am a big fan of Les Mis, the Broadway show. If you have not seen it, you must see it. Put it on your bucket list. It is phenomenal. And there's this beautiful line where the, where the uh, that gets me teary when saying this. You know, there's a beautiful line where an angel comes to take the hero home. And, and these, these are the lines from the angel. And I think of this very much as this story, the angel showing up in this story. Take my hand, I'll lead you to salvation. Take my love, for love is everlasting. And remember the truth that once was spoken. To love another person is to see the face of God. Huh. So powerful. And then we can understand that and we can move forward with that, tears and all, and be in that place of falling, failing forward, be in that place where gratitude shapes it all, be in that place where we understand how despair works, places where it's going to take us that we shouldn't go, and places where it can take us where we should. And then we can conclude with these beautiful words from Reverend Martin Luther King. Now I say in conclusion, life is hard. At times as hard as crucible steel. It has its bleak and difficult moments. Like the ever-flowing waters of the river, life has its moments of drought and its moments of flood. Like the ever-changing cycle of the seasons, life has the soothing warmth of its summers and the piercing chill of its winters. And if one will hold on, they will discover that God walks with them and that God is able to lift you from the fatigue of despair to the buoyancy of hope and transform dark and, just dark and desolate valleys into the sunlit paths of inner peace. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Beautiful line there. And I do want to invite all of you who are here today with New Church Live, as well as you who are watching locally online, you're welcome to join us as right after this we go across to the office, have a little Thanksgiving picnic. We're going to look at little gratitude angels, fill those out. Again, if you're online, you can fill one out and shoot me a text message. We're going to look at little gratitude angels, have some good food, and just enjoy one another's company. And maybe this. Maybe come to this point, folks, where we can learn simply to risk again.
Amen. So please join me now in prayer. I'm going to say the prayer, then I'm going to say the Our Father prayer, and then we'll do a blessing, and then we'll have our last song. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. Thank you, Lord, for being with us, for holding us tenderly and with love. Help us, Lord, to be aware of what is blinding us in our lives and to be aware as well of what we can do to push those blinders away, to help us see in a much broader, beautiful way your glory, your celebration, your peace, and your love. And how is it that we see it? We see it through others. We see it through their peace, through their celebration, through their love. Help us, Lord, to be in that place where we risk again. Help us to understand that even times of despair hold a hard-edged gift that we can live into as we move forward into our lives, as we struggle again and again to fail, but to fail forward. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen. so stressful, always something in my head, nothing's ever settled, only chaos there instead, and I tried so many times, but kept coming up short, and all of those tears I cried, what were they all for, now I see there's so much more, I found what I've been searching for, I got exactly where I need to be, it's up to me. I just want to say thank you for your grace Cause it helped me learn my place You give me faith When I feel I can't go on Said I can't be great Like I can do no wrong And you showed me that the only thing that matters is my song Nothing.
find just keeps getting in our way and now i see there's so much more i found what i've been searching for i am exactly where i need to be it's up to me and i just want to say thank you for your grace because it helped me learn my place and you Thank you guys, have a great week.